The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a momentwithmorris.com and blackblueprints.com. That's blackblueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Peace and blessings, family. Bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Where we get together and talk about everything going on out here in the world in this universe in these streets. In these cold, cold, cold streets. <laughs> Barry Axius mixtape dropping 2018. Man, 2020 player. We're coming at you, hitting you with episode number 34. That Walter, Walter Payton. Payton. No, <laughs> oh, I'm a Bears fan, so he hit God. you with that Walter Payton. Hit you with that Bo Jackson. Oh, so you a Bears fan. That means you watching this season? I've always been a Bears fan. Are you but watching this season? I'm taking a knee on the season. Okay. I had to tell dude that I usually do, I've done the fantasy football league for like the last four years. I had to tell him I was taking a knee and falling out, and he had some choice words. I'm sure he did. Yeah, he's like, oh, y'all, you know, apparently yeah. everybody dropped out the same day. So I guess we all send the messages at the same time saying, I, ain't, I just ain't messing with it this, this year. That's what it is. And, yeah. And a partner of mine, he had a, we had kind of different perspectives on why. And so his was a thousand percent based on the Kaepernick side. Just, you know, Kaepernick ain't getting signed and, and it's that blatant, you know, getting boxed out for, for taking a stand. I'm not messing with the league. Uh, my perspective was a little bit different. Mine was just the culmination of everything surrounding the league. So it's not just about, oh, well, well, if Kaepernick got signed today, I'm cool. I'm back on board. It was just I kept seeing so many different things about how the league was handling stuff and just so much negative association that I just was like, I'm just over football before football even started. Yeah. Like I just I have no desire for fantasy football. You have to follow week to week, and you have to be engaged and involved, especially because you put money on it. So, so no college football either. No, nah, I don't. I never really. I'm a Cal fan. That's you know, I'm Golden Bear, but um, I don't. I don't follow like that. If if if, if Cal's playing, I will root for him, and typically I would maybe go to the uh, alumni game or something, but. I don't follow. Like I couldn't tell you who the starting quarterback is this year. Wow. But I, but I know Jeff Goff went to the Rams two years ago. He was the number one pick. But I don't know who this. I'm just not. I'm not in it in it like that. Yeah. I don't give two shits. Yeah, like, that's me. Like I, I just. I I'm not. It, it's. I just. I. It is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I've been off the Niner bandwagon as far as just being a, a long time loyal Niner fan. You, I, I definitely enjoyed the Super Bowl last year, but I'm okay with not watching football. Yeah. I mean, I don't go to the bars to drink. We used to have a thing, me and my friends, uh, great day to be a man. And that was us getting together. And we used to watch the football games. It was 8 o'clock all the way to the late night football game on NBC that would yeah. probably last about 9 o'clock and, and would literally be at some bars, just bar hopping, watching, drinking, playing football. But like I said, again, um, not playing football, watching football. I never did that. But again, I'm not. I'm so uninspired yeah, by all that's a good of word the rhetor- rhetoric, all of the um, fuckery, all of the BS. And it really affects me when we can't take a stand collectively when we see injustice everything that they said to us trying to frame Colin Kaepernick as just a player that wasn't good enough to be in the NFL is now trumped no pun intended when you sign a Jay Cutler right when you sign a Jay Cutler a guy who's never uh, moved the needle ain't never been to the Super Bowl who has a, a, a great arm. If, if you want to use him and Colin Kaepernick, and we want to give examples, if we're talking about Colin Kaepernick has a great upside, but he's not ready yet, well, Jay Cutler is the same kind of guy, right? He yeah. has a great upside, um, great arm, but has never reached his full potential. So when I see that, it's a slap in the face when you know what truly it is. Yeah. You can tell us everything you want to tell us, but they're giving him 
a good taste of some Negro, know your place, shut up and play football, act accordingly, you are the boy, so we're going to show you what you did to our NFL, because we got calls, we got people uh, outraged, we, we, you know, we were hit on social media, and us as owners got together saying, that boy won't play in our league, and People can try to pretend and say everything they want to say. And it's so sad when you have Negroes defending it as well. And we're not just talking about the Negroes that play in the league or used to play in the league. Just common fans that even try to break it down. What this is is racially motivated. What it is is a blackballing. What it is is silencing Colin Kaepernick because they feel you silence him and keep him away. Even though he said, I would stand and I will do everything accordingly, which I still don't agree with. You still don't want to chance it, but what you don't understand that has woken up other players as well. Yeah, they're in that weird space now as they're trying to to get ahead of all this stuff. I mean you had it's preseason now and so uh this is where Collins stand was first noticed, you know, preseason last year. So now they're keeping an eye and paying attention to who's doing it now. You got uh, Michael Bennett over there in Seattle City. You got Marshawn Lynch in Oakland. Um, I think his brother's over in uh, one other team. They're they're not sitting, but they're standing with the fist. Uh, I can't place their names right off the top of my head. And so now they're trying to to get ahead of this not being a wave because you can make the argument that well, Kaepernick didn't he underperformed in his you know in his last outing. Because the team that went to the Super Bowl and the team that went to the NFC Championship, that's not the same team. You had dudes when the Harbaugh regime shifted out, dudes who elected to retire rather than come back to that team because it was so dysfunctional. Like, that's how bad the 49ers were. Yeah. It was like, I'm just going to leave the game early because there's no reason for me to come back and take this beating because how disorganized you guys are in the office. So Colin would get na labeled for not producing, but that was just a crappy team that he inherited. But the issue with the other players who are now taking stances, you're talking about perennial pro bowlers. <laughs> you're talking about Super Bowl champion. Yes. You're talking about upper echelon uh, of their respective uh, positions. You yes. can make, I mean, even with Marshawn Lynch taking the season off, you're still putting him as a top 10 back in the league. Yes. So you, you can't sit there and say, well, this is a washed up dude or he can't play. Yeah. So they're going to get ahead of that. And you got retired players. You got Tim Brown coming out, talking bad about Marshawn. Uh, you got Hugh Jackson over in Cleveland, their head coach. He okay. said negativity. Like, like he was breaking down. Don't bring none of that negative. We don't, we don't need that around here. The 0 and 16, 1 and 15, 2 and 14, Cleveland Browns don't need no negativity over here. And Tim Brown never <laughs> got a ring, right? Uh, no, he did not. No, he did not. But he, but but he's loyal to the soil of Oakland. Because he finished uh, his whole career with Oakland, right? Oh, we're talking about separate. Oh, okay, so Tim Brown was. We don't need that negativity over here. Yeah. Hugh Jackson was also on the same campaign. Hugh Jackson, head coach of the Cleveland Browns, he was saying well, he got to say anything to keep his job. But I'm saying, but he was he was he was saying the same thing. He'll we don't we don't, we don't need any of that over here. Of course. But but my thing that's what was funny to Hugh Brown. I'm like your team stays three and thirteen yeah. or less. So you guys got more than enough negativity over there. Y'all riding LeBron's coattails in another sport. Yeah. That's the only victories you're getting. But in any event, you know they're they're the. Going to your point is that we don't stand behind our people and we don't give them props. Marshawn's not going to get the backlash because of who he is, the way he carries himself, yeah. his demeanor. You expect that from ain't Marshawn. No, ain't no news guy going to press up on, on Marshawn well, Lynch. I mean, but, and then at the same time, because of his de demeanor, and he's from Oakland. You expect that. Yeah, well, they just the, – the, the running theme is, is – well, that's just Marshawn being exactly. Marshawn. So the, and then Michael Bennett is extremely vocal, and but – He's backs it up on the field and then some. Yep. So there's not going to be an issue of, you know, he ain't going to play or or we're not going to do nothing with him. Go ahead and cut him in Seattle. He'll be signed before the ink is dry. You already know. Uh, so, but when it comes to us outside of sports, when it comes to banding together and, and showing solidarity and being there for one another, we see that it is happening across this country, just not with us. You know, wherever you are in the world, I'm sure you've are familiar now with the issue in Charlottesville, Virginia, where you have groups of people who decided to come together for their ideological pro practices and and, you know, what turned into the uh, 
what they call it, the alt right slash neo Nazi slash white supremacist. Call it slash, exactly, stop right there. White supremacy. Just call it that. What? I'm just, all these other ultra white groups, they all the same, they're white supremacists. Same but brother, but but just for the folks that who yeah, made it, I thought it was alt right. I didn't even know what yeah, alt right was. I'm just saying you know, that's what you know what I what I get frustrated when they create these these alternative names. Yeah. It it tries to limit or take away from the bigotry and the racist that are involved. It's almost kind of like... It's rebranding. We're not them, yeah. <laughs> but we are this. Yeah. No, you are exactly that. So the rebranding... That's all it is, rebranding. Is, is, ...is not working, but the media takes it, and the media does not just say, you know what, they're a white supremacist group. There ain't no different than... Any other white supremacist group that has been around. But yeah, well, I, I think the rebranding does work because before this incident here, if you poll the average person on the street and ask them who are the alt-right, most of them probably couldn't tell you accurately. Because you hear the phrase get thrown around. Like if you said which political party is a conservative or a liberal, most probably couldn't tell you. They're just used to the phrases being thrown around. Yeah. So the, the rebranding, I think, worked. It, but it works in a sense for them. But I say it doesn't work for the sense of people who are knowledgeable and understanding of what we know it is. So to me, the motherfuckers are all in one category. I don't give a shit about what you try to frame it, how you try to rebrand it. If you try to put it in a suit, whether you're trying to have it be uh, Billy Joe and, and, and Bobby Johnson, it's all the same. You guys are all a part of the same racist faction. The only unfortunate part about it is that some of y'all play for a higher end and most of y'all play for a lower goal. So what do you mean by that? Higher end meaning that there's some white supremacists like that are in politics. Yeah. Right? That that they are rich, you know what I'm saying? They are a higher structure. Okay. That some of these lower end will never get there. Yeah. So when you look at Donald Trump, Donald Trump is playing a power game for the power brokers. He don't give two shits about the lower end. Yeah. So in reality, the lower end is just typical white trash that if you look at it, they are just as bad as what a lot of people want to say are Negroes, white trash. Yeah. So when they're lower end, it's like they will never get to that 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 height of extreme power as they want to believe that some of these other ones are you know what i'm talking okay. about you got some that are sitting here working the ground level and they're 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 supreme as these white supremacists that walk around here and and they're just as poor as the negro in the hood yeah and trying to pretend that there's a difference between us besides this the, the skin color when really economically you guys are both in a ditch but because they believe that Donald Trump is one of theirs, and this is when you talk about sticking together. Yeah. It don't matter that we're broke and poor. We gonna go for the rich white guy because he looks like us. He speaks to us. He speaks to us, but it's not speaking for us. Because yeah. then, if and all of his policies are not directed to us, yeah. it's actually gonna screw us over. Like when you hear white folks commonly talk about welfare. Oh. Black people are all on welfare. No, there's more white folks. Over alarming, uh, an alarming di discrepancy. White people are by far the most on. Okay, on, you know what I'm saying. Assistance. And yeah. so, and that kind of piece that I'm explaining on that. Yeah, because that goes along with to the old narrative of, you know, racism is the smoke, classism is the fire. Yeah. That most people think that you know. That 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 class structure in, in the United States is, is a bitch, but you're, you're finding that coming together. The issue that happened in, in Charlottesville, where you had all those groups, one big, multiple little tiny names under the same group. That's like saying you had the Bears, the Browns, the Raiders, and the Lions, but it was just the the NFL showed up. Yeah, yeah. So you can call yourself whatever respective part of the world you came from, but uh, it was all playing for the same organization. Yeah. And they came out there trying to protest the removal of the uh, old uh, Confederate General uh, Lee, Robert E. Lee. Young Robert Lee. And so that was they were coming out to protest the removal of that because before the campaign was removing the Confederate flag down yeah. south in a lot of southern states. Now they're going after the representatives of the Confederate by way of the general. So all these a lot of these southern states have been removing the statues of people from the from, from the. And Confederate. I remember talk, listening and learning about him in history. It was almost he was a hero. 
Depending upon what side of history you are, well, I mean, it's all perspective. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's but a whole lot like, of folks you can apply that to yeah, in American lot, history. Yeah, definitely. So you know, um, it's a very interesting time that we're living in right now. As they came down there to protest, that they were met by protesters of them. And also, let's also add this, that these kind of protests have been going on in like a lot of cities in America, these yeah. kind of protests have this, been going This on. was not the first. It wasn't, nah. it wasn't the, because well, for some people, they may not, depending on where you live, it may, you may not be familiar, but it is being, it, it, these things have been popping up all across the nation. And when it was announced that they were going to be in Charlottesville, the residents of and the nearby area decided to come out to meet those groups and show their, their dislike and their disdain and how they didn't want them there. And, you can just imagine what that would turn into, and if you've seen any news, you know, cycle anywhere, you've seen what that turned into. Total chaos. Uh, three people, I think, as of now, three people are dead. Yep. Close to forty were injured. Yep. Uh, brother had his head bashed open yep. with a pole. A uh, young lady was ran over yep. by a car and because it, it go into that piece that really set off the whole. I, I, I believe ignited more of the chaos was when. What is his name? Uh, Fields. I think Kevin Fields Jr. I'm, I uh, don't want to disrespect him so. because I don't know the name. Uh, who cares if we disrespect him? <laughs> but, but the oh, I thought guy, that was the victim. Oh, that's no, what, that's no, what no, I was saying. No, I, that's no, what I was saying. No. I don't know. So I will find the name. But uh, when the guy plows through the crowd. Okay, that dude. So th- as they were meeting each other and they were having words and uh, there were little skirmishes where it would turn into one-on-one fights, and then those fights were being separated. Uh, people would get their two, three shots off, and then they'd be like, "Separate, break it up, break it up." So that, you know, and that kept happening because uh, you had all these heightened emotions and yeah. feelings, whatever. So then, in a premeditated move, because apparently the front license plate was removed off the car, uh, and the dude just plowed down, just just the same issue that happened in France that they called an act of terrorism, where the person got behind the wheel of the truck. And went into the park of, of was a co- uh, like a concert or something, mm-hmm. and and in Paris, and he just mowed he's down. Mow down people. Well, but I'm saying why there's a reason why I'm using that one. So when they, he just mowed down the people in France, it turned into a big act of terrorism, and it had to be addressed because it was innocent people who didn't know he was coming, and he just no uh, care or concern for human life just plowed this truck into uh, unsuspecting people. This person here did the exact same thing with a car. The people who he hit had their backs to him. He just he was on a cleared street, just got behind the car and just floored it and just ran into just a, a huge congregation of people just plowing down bodies and, and folks rolling off the hood. And uh, one lady in particular, one lady was killed. Uh, yeah. Hare, Heather Hare, I believe her name I'm was. Sure. Uh, and, and like I said, multiple people were hurt. Yeah. And this type of stuff popped off and. They were debating on if they're calling this manslaughter or murder or whatever. And and just realistically, the, the important part, the takeaway more so, is that there are organizations that are happening and organizing that's happening and people coming together to make their their point known. There's no backlash for the group being there. The group was being, in fact, defended for the sake of saying they had permits for being there. They had already scheduled it. It was on the calendar that they were coming. Uh, They did things the way that they're supposed to, and they should have a right to protest. So when you start seeing things like where you have black athletes who want to stand up for something, they get ostracized, told they're un-American, told, called every 31 flavors of POS and N-word because they disrespect the flag, the same flag that was being held right alongside the Nazi and Confederate flag out there in, in Charlottesville. They're try to be silenced and we're shut down and we don't want to hear that out of y'all and y'all need to sit down and shut up but you can see there's some organizing happening and and these folks is coming together to push their cause there's so many different twists and different lanes to all this but let's not concentrate on it as it being the wake-up call because i think we've had a lot of wake-up calls we just don't want to wake up the man that drove the car um was james field jr and what he did wasn't stunning. What he did was typical. What he did was behavior that because when we go break it down to just police violence and terror in the black community or just with black people in general, okay. when there's not a swift hand of justice and accountability given directly to acts of terror 
an act of injustice with police and black folk, you have a level of being this racist person or whoever you feel you want to be at that particular time of dealing with people of color. You feel like it's okay. Like that life ain't worth nothing. So I will now feel the same exact way. I'll do whatever I want to do just because I can. And so when you look at what this guy just did, you see what uh, Dylan Roof did, right? Yeah. Remember, Dylan Roof went in and shot nine black folk yeah. in a church after praying with them, right? Yeah. And when I look at the rage from here at Charlottesville compared to the rage of that, I'm shaking my head like, well, how much do you Negroes need to see before you realize that we've been in a race war for quite a long time? Like, they have had individuals in Charlottesville marching with torches. Yeah, little tiki torches. Why tor- I mean, white guys, a majority, because there are some white girls in there, walking around with torches going through uh, the Virginia University. And I'm saying to myself, what if a bunch of black folk walked in to a white community with some torches or even candles yelling out uh, Black Lives Matter or yelling out reparations are overdue because these white guys and girls were yelling out blood and soil. So in reality, there was a whole bunch of them marching. Yes. A whole lot of them. So you're going to try to tell me, as our president tried to insinuate, that these folks are you know, not all bad, that these folks aren't all bigots or racists? I, yeah. I, I, I beg to differ. And when you see these moments, you have to attach a lot of what's happening currently right now in our Americas to what the government has allowed to happen. What is going on in the streets is basically being sponsored, not directly, but indirectly by the government because the government has done nothing to change policies, laws, procedures, on uh, and ways people look and treat the people of color. And when you have an unprecedented amount of individuals who are supposed to protect and serve walk away aimlessly without any kind of penalty nationwide for at least the last four years, what kind of uh, 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 consequences do you think is going to happen at the end result? And I believe that this is a culmination of all of that, the Donald Trump rhetoric, and then really white folks finally saying it's our time to maintain our power because it's slipping from our grip. Yeah, so it, the question is, what would that look like if, if black people did it? Pick a city. Ferguson, pick Chicago, pick Los Angeles, pick... Whenever you get a congregation of black people like that, they come in with the tanks, the National Guard, right gear, batons, and pepper spray. That's what that looks like when black people get together. They showed uh, video coverage from people who were there, who weren't, who were just filming, and there was one dude in particular where he was right on the on the riot line, where the police were full riot gear holding their line, and these groups were shoving the police backwards, and he was commentating saying. This is ridiculous. He said, if these people were black, you'd be beating them down and arresting them. Yeah. And he was screaming to the crowd, this is the definition of white privilege. They yeah. were shoving the police back. They were covering their masks with silly string. They were removing the police barricades and using them against the police. They kept the, the, the so then one of the guys even went to the police officer. He was addressing the police officer. He said, your commander should 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 be ashamed like that. He's allowing this to go on. You know, he said, I hate the cops, but you're showing me that there's no way black people could do what these white people are doing right now. And when you see that as the case and the people believe that there was no fear of getting a baton across their temple of any of those white people that were there. Why? Because like, most of those people were probably their cousins or some type of but relative. That, that just <laughs> the, the, the mentality of if, if they were going to get in a fight, it was going to be with another dude of the other protest and they came ready to fight them. There was no fear 
uh, of getting racked across the rib cage with no baton or no flashlight from those cops. They was they these dudes were not afraid of the police department that was there because that type of speaking of what you were saying is that that precedence has already been set yes. that the way that black people and white people are addressed is different. You protect me, you don't protect them. Yeah. So when that's the case, when we start looking at how we need to organize or or what this is starting to look like. I guess maybe the better question is, is that organization is set on their side, Most like definitely. like like they're, they're in motion right now. They're moving. They yeah, had people. Yeah. They were they were identifying different people who were at that protest. Some lived as far as California to a protest in Virginia. Yeah. Like these people are organized. They got the memo, yes. the email and, and they mobilized. Yes. So what does it take for us to to recognize what it is? And when you have dudes like Michael Bennett, like Marshawn Lynch, like Colin Kaepernick, who are starting to say, hey, you know, let's look at this stuff. Let's address this stuff. Let's pull together. What is it going to take for more of us to say, let's get on board with them? Let's we don't even have to agree 100 percent, but let's sit down and start panning out some some mutual stuff and like, let's start coming together. It's going to take a major genocide or tragedy in black America more than what we've already had. Like, seriously. It's going to really take that moment where there's not nine of us. <laughs> there's not ten. Nine hundred. I'm seriously, bro. It's going to take that moment where it's a, such a, a direct attack. Like, really, it's going to take that moment that I think will probably fuel the idea of this shit. Is, is, it's gotten to the point of because to me, it's gotten to the point of oh, it's out of control. It's been out of control. You don't have to do a, a 900 kill on one on one flip for me to say, okay, shit's out of control. You just have to let me know, okay, that's how you feel about me. You just have to show me a few different things. Some individuals still don't have enough. They still don't have enough proof that it's not uh, bad enough. It's not, you know what I'm saying? And then at the same particular time, like think about it. Here we are up in a, a rage about what's happening in Charlottesville, but we weren't up in a rage at what happened here in Sacramento, our own soil, yeah, our own backyard. There was a vigil that happened, right? Protest, the protest, vigil, whatever, yeah, about Charlottesville. But guess what happened when they had, when our public officials gave uh, some white supremacists the pass to go ahead and do their march or do their protests at the state capitol. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. There was no uh, public officials speaking out against it. There was no time to heal. There was no gathering of people like they just did this past weekend. So it's almost kind of, well, that's hypocritical. Okay. Well, well, let's look at it. Remove the, the legislature, council, remove the politics out of this. So for something like that, is that something we should care about as a people? Here's the thing. Again, there's a certain group of people that need that, and then there's a certain group of people that don't. When I went to the Million Man March in 2015, right, yeah. it was justice or else. At that particular moment, a lot of me and my brothers and some sisters and a few young people went out there. We're going to listen to what Farrakhan said. But as soon as Farrakhan said, it's time, brothers was ready. Some of us didn't think we were going to come home. Understand that. We're here in D.C. Anything can happen. And we're actually waiting for the presence of, of, of some of these supremacists that said they're going to show up. Yeah. So we're already prepared for that, right? We didn't need the government to tell us how to do or what to do. In a sense of that moment, collectively, right at that moment, brothers and sisters and children were together and ready on one accord. Now, for a lot of individuals who are in this structure and the system of America, they want to believe in the dream that Martin Luther King had bestowed. They want to believe because they've put so much stock in America, that they've put so much blood, sweat, and tears in America, that this thing can work out, that they pray to a God that has been given to them by slave masters that love can change the balance of where this is at. So you have a America, black America divided on the ideology of should we fight back 
or should we work together and fight against the evil? Where I say the only way this works out for black America is we have to be able to structure our own systems and build our own organizations and create our own power structure to be able to navigate and elevate. Because what you just said, these folks came from not only uh, uh, the surrounding states, but other states far west. Yeah. Just to go and listen what this is. They're doing this all over the place. The guy, James Field Jr., the mother said, well, I didn't know he was going to some uh, white supremacist rally. I thought he was going to something that was de de dealt with Donald Trump. Yeah, something had to do with Trump. Right. Yeah. And he came. Now, he wasn't from Virginia. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. was from out of town as well. So if they're that organized, ready and willing. And as bold as they were, knowing they were getting photographed, knowing they was getting videotaped, to walk with torches for some of them to, to put Hitler, the Hail Hitler uh, yeah. uh, uh, sign and, 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 you know, you posing on that. For them to do that, that's basically letting you know. They're willing to risk it all right now. They're willing to risk it all. And the simple fact is what they have is what we don't have. When we look at uh, the destruction of a lot of our, our black communities, the destruction and the murder and, and assassination of our leadership, as well as organizations like the Black Panthers, you and I can, can find a few Black Panthers here and there, yeah. but they're very humble, they're very bestowed, and they're just kind of, they're chilling. They're out the way. Most they're of out the way. They ain't doing no revolutionary Somebody shit. already knocked on their door 30 years Listen, ago. Listen, bro, yeah. some people are, 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 yeah. are, 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 of course, around the country speaking and, and moving, and they're humbly where they're at. Yeah. But with the KKK, they are still organized. They've never been dismantled. And for whatever KKK that they said they quote unquote shut down, those KKK members had to go somewhere. Where are those hoods that those KKK members had? Yeah, I remember someone said, like, where do they get them dry cleaned at? Exactly. Because you got to so, take them somewhere. So in the reality of it all, that when these, the, the reason why the white supremacists are up on what they're up on as far as the organizing, how they play this shit out, is because they're in systems we are not relevant in. Okay, so so keeping with that, what where does it on our side? So I, I get their organization because realistically, when you take historically, when you take Klansmen, neo-Nazi groups, all that. Yeah, they're hooded up at 10 p.m. at night, but at 6 a.m. They're they're commuting to work and their school teachers, their accountants, their their councilmen, their attorneys, their doctors like, you know, it, it's organization with resources. Yes. So. They're pretty much doing what they're going to do. Their agenda and plan is already set. Like so to. when it comes to us on our side of the game, like where we're, we're black Americans throughout the nation are, should we even, is it even a question of even being concerned with what they do? Is it really on the thing now is let's, let's kind of try to curve this in some way, shape or form or address it? Or is it really just... Let them run with whatever they're doing while we fall back and figure out some amongst them. We've them. always had a problem historically trying to get white approval. Whatever and however that is, right? Whether it's by forcing in hand to deal with us, we want to be a part of your school system. Okay, we'll have some of our players go to your league instead of keeping our Negro league. Oh, we want to move into your, to your communities. Oh, uh... We would rather sit there and say, ah, forget that black college. I'd rather go to this uh, a, a wider college because I feel like I might get ahead from even getting a degree because we know that a white person will open the door for us because we have a degree to get in and that's going to give us a, big, a better job, right? Okay. We believe in the fact of working together because it's been something that we've progressively been mind fuck to believe every year in january what do they continue to pump in your head as a black kid in january in january besides it being happy new year new year's resolution oh it's just it's, it's, besides <laughs> that there's that you know in january i have a dream oh uh, you get you get what i'm saying yeah and that is pumped in the mind frame to where the only black leader that most african-americans know is who 
is, is MLK. Okay. And I'll even give you a second one. They 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 try to slip Abraham Lincoln. Love that thing. If, right? if, if you if, if you grown up in this American school system, you will be taught to believe that Abraham Lincoln is is was a strong uh, pro black individual. Yeah. And that uh, yeah, MLK out of all that entire bracket of, of civil rights. And just, just depending on how old you are and if you're knowledgeable, the Black Panther Party, the Nation of Islam under the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and, and kind of spearheaded by Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, uh, the Montgomery boycotts, all that stuff was running simultaneously. Yeah. Because some people think that these were staggered. No, those, those, well, because yeah, if, you, if you weren't yeah. around and they don't teach it properly in school. And they don't teach it at all. Yeah. So, so if you didn't know that. All these things were running at the same time. And it was that, making America go crazy. That's when America was on its heels because you had uh, Martin pe- preaching the nonviolence, the boycotts, the protesting, the marches. You had Malcolm and the Nation talking about by any means necessary. And do for self. You had the Black Panther Party who was all about self-empowerment, yeah. taking care of each other. You had the Bloods and the Crips, the original yeah. versions of them. You know, starting to set up and you had before they were even, quote unquote, the Bloods and the Crips, you had groups that were being formed to combat white violence in a lot of areas in in Southern California. And and, and remember, the Black Panthers came a little bit after the Martin Luther King and Malcolm X era. Yeah, but these were still in the same decade, the quote unquote Black Panther Party later. Yes, the sir. the onset of the Congress, the coming together in California, because those things were based out of back east and down south. Yes, sir. The the versions that started in California, some in the Bay Area, and then those those groups that were down in Los Angeles, all this stuff was happening at the same time. Yeah. So that's how America got its heels, and the CIA was like, we will never be in this position again. That degree of organization. So now, as you fast forward to to where we're at, if the back then the mentality that got us, I guess you'll say as far as we've been was not inclusion. Martin was promoting inclusion. Every other group was promoting uh, self-sufficiency, independence, and really just leave me alone. Here's the thing, bro. Bottom line. You can't be a a grown man living in your mama's house thinking you're going to set rules. Yeah. Right? This is what it's come down to. We are grown folks living with our parents and trying to tell our parents... Here's some of the rules that we want because we don't feel it's fair that you are um, shutting off the cable at 12. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it's just it's. I'm it's, 30 years old. What do you mean I can't can't I can't snacks. go I can't eat in I my can't room. go to the internet exactly. Yeah. Like what are you talking about? I can't have dinner or or, or 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 touch the turkey meat. Yeah. This is what we're asking for. Instead of just saying, you're right. Your house, your rules. I'll just move out. I had a girlfriend that I dated. And I remember we was going back and forth. We lived with each other. And of course, she had a kid. And I remember she was fed up with me. I was pretty much fed up with her. But I was still staying. <laughs> because of, you know, whatever, convenience. And then one day, she just was like, I'm done. I'm leaving. And I looked at her. And I said, you sure you want to do that? Because, okay, she had a child. My child is grown. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to be here. And the ironic part of that is she later on has told me she regretted doing that. I would have rather worked it out because now her son is getting of age. Right. And she needs a strong male figure because she doesn't have someone to pick him up. She doesn't have someone to be at the house when he's there because our schedules were, you know, were different. So that's what I did, right? Yeah. So what I'm basically saying is that separation that black America needs to do with white America is going to make white America endure and endear us more because they know they really can't live without us. That's the reality. This is abusive relationship. It's like, yeah, we want you to go, but we really want you to stay. In order for us to get respect, we have to be able to show we can make it on our own. Okay, and that's a very good point. Two part. One on the the necessity, the economic side. Black people spend roughly one point three trillion dollars in the U.S. economy, but own less than one half of one percent of all business, wealth, resources, property, all that. So basically, we spend a trillion dollars with everybody else. We're not giving that trillion dollars. It's not going into black hands. You know, the 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 breakdown is is you know between the Jewish community, Asian community, it passes hands eighteen times, twenty two times. 
all that stuff before it leaves the community. Uh, black dollars leave the community in six hours. You 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 get your paycheck at at noon, and by six p.m. it's already out the community. First thing you did is cash your check and ran to somebody else to give your money to. But when it comes to what you were saying about uh, the divorce part, there was something that came up. It's brief because I thought this was a, uh, a very powerful statement that was uh, addressed to an Asian gentleman. And uh, they were asking him, he was a, an Asian businessman, and they were talking about the big picture for Asians in America and what the projection was. And, and he was, says, uh, he, they were addressing, he said, can you address the concerns of black people in America? And he, because he was kind of getting his perspective, and he's like, "Yeah, I can." He said, "Because uh, they were addressing white supremacy," and he said, "Asians recognize white supremacy, yeah. so it's not something that is just, you know, it only affects black people." But his point was, he said, "We Asian people look back at the long history of conflict with the European. Uh-huh. We observe their strategies and we develop our own." In response and and in kind, there is no need for a, for a big mass movements. There's no need to protest. There's no need to do any of that stuff. Uh, all they do is because they intend to overtake them in time through action and personal sacrifice. Like the the Asian power structure in America is simply based upon the fact of we're going to observe how you do things, yeah. figure out a way to do it better. And then box you out of the equation exactly. is their thought process. So he was saying, so what about black people? Because if, if that's your de- plan to dealing with white people, which plan to deal with black people? He said, uh, we do not count. They, black people do not count into our situation. He said, basically how it works is, he said, we do not hate the black man. We, we just love the Asian man most. You know, that real love, not cliche. He said, we want to see the Asian man happy. So we employ him. We eat together. We spend time with each other. We want his kids to be educated. So we invest in our own schools. We, we offer them uh, jobs and, and children with uh, technical abilities. We, we want to change the power structure in our favor. He said we want to see the Asian man safe. So we purchase, purchase, purchase and organize our own communities. He said we want to we want to remain Asian. So we reduce the outside influence of other ideologies and cultures. Well, we you know, while the black man fights to sniff behind the white man, the black man has had the opportunity and every right in the world to to do the same. He chooses to indict people like me for not hiring him over my own brothers. For me to do this would be foolish and that would not be Asian love. In contrast, the black man will fight for the right to be up under everyone else other than black people who he should feel the most love for. He said, it is that indifference. He said, if, if our indifference to their situation makes us racist, then what would you call the black man's indifference to his own situation? Well, the situation is um, exactly what the Asian man said. Bottom line. That's why I said we have been dying and fighting for white approval for our whole entire life. The fight that we have, because when you talk about organizing, black people have yet to see that there's really a issue. It's a really a deficit. It's like we're still going to fight to be in this relationship. I when she said I want to go, I said, I'm not fighting for this relationship. I'm going to go. Right. Yeah. So we continue to try to figure out, well, maybe if we do this right. Well, it, well maybe if we we, we we argue with you right here. Well, maybe if we we just kind of be docile and, and maybe stay quiet or just be humble or um, give you accolades and thank you. For, for the things that you've done, that will maybe get the acceptance that we desire and need. Instead of just saying, hey, you know what? We're ready for a divorce. We are ready for this divorce because we've been doing this for about 500 years. It ain't worked. <laughs> I mean, I thank you for the, for the gifts. Thank you for some of the, the, the good times. And thank you for some of the bad times. It's time for us to do our own thing. And if you're not going to give me an alimony, cool. I'll start Start over, be like Tina. All I want is my name. Exactly. So is the question then, is it, is it not that black people's love for white people is so great? Is it that black people's hate for black people is so great? I don't think that it's the hate for black people. It's black people just don't understand that there has to be a thing called black people for black people first. I think that, again, when you go into that month of January... It has been installed in us. I have a dream, blah, blah, blah. All men are created equal. 
in the Bible, what it what it reiterates is the equality of man and woman. Okay, so in that same content, what they look at and what we look at is they see superiority, we see inferior. So when they see that, and we always play on that level. And then whenever there's a time for us to challenge, the Negro who challenge is becomes the um, radical, um, distant, let's, let's isolate that Negro. And the Negro who's willing to sell out becomes the Negro who's a champion. He gets his, his name put in lights on a pedestal and he's workable. Well, so I, I, I get that in relationship to the dominant culture. I'm talking about our relationship to each other. Because it, the, the fact is, like, so going off the, the Asian dude or just how the system is, let's just say everything, 100%, 1,000%, what you just said. I see why we would fight to be in the relationship. Let's go to counseling. Let's keep working this out. Let's figure out a way to, to stay together. We're going to do it for the kids, whatever. But in order to get divorced, that's like saying we all have to agree to get divorced. If we showed up with our kids and then they showed up with their kids and we get a divorce, our kids can't stay with the ex. Like when you and girl, old girl broke up, her kid couldn't stay with you and her be gone. You know what I'm saying? So what is it going to take for all of us to agree to the divorce? Bro, again, <laughs> I, I just don't. There is no way that we're going to all agree in a divorce when a majority of us in the relationship feel like this relationship is going well. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Again, that goes into the statement of it's going to be a massive genocide that has to happen. I'm talking like some Holocaust shit, even though we've had it. But it has to be felt now by this era because we don't feel the pain of our ancestors who were enslaved. We don't feel the pain from our ancestors who had a fight uh, for civil rights. We ain't feeling uh, those Jim Crow laws. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not... It's not heartfelt enough. And even with all the stuff that's going on right now, it still hasn't knocked on the door close enough for us to be like, oh, shoot, I'm really affected. So in a sense of love for our own, how can you sit there and love your own when your own is the one that you have to compete with to get to someone that has the golden ticket? Okay, so, I got to so. compete with the person that that. Wants to get the golden ticket because daddy daycare has a golden ticket and he's my salvation. Okay, so right there. So maybe maybe that that's the big point that we have to look at. So so due to the agents do the businessman, his model is I love my Asian brother enough that I want to make sure he's safe. So I'm not looking for me to be safe. I'm looking for us to be safe. Yeah, I'm investing in schools that I don't even have kids that go to because yeah. I want the Asian children to be best. The Asian man doesn't see in just in this respect, and this is of course not everybody, but in his particular viewpoint, he doesn't see the other Asian man as competition. Yeah. He's not competing with him. He's building with them. So what's the shift, maybe not for the divorce of the other culture, but to remove the competitive nature? Well, the simple fact is when you don't know who and where your land is, the Asian has a, have land, have country. They know define. China, North Korea, South Korea, Japan. Yeah. We can point different directions. The Negro, we can barely have kids claim that they're from Africa. No, I'm from Oak Park. No, I'm from Brooklyn. Like yeah. you you no, you're African. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm from Brooklyn. Okay, damn. Yeah. So once again, when you know, let's look at the sports aspect. Daddy Daycare owns three of the majority of the three of the major sports right yeah basketball football baseball and you know that at the end of the day you're gonna have to compete with your brother to get that slot because not all of y'all gonna get there yeah he's the only one with that payday and he has a fat payday you're gonna do whatever you have to do to get to that payday because there's no other alternative there's no other system that's been created that we can even this out here you got a problem. Here you got it. That becomes problematic because here's the problem. If you only are going to one surplus, it's like having one grocery store in a neighborhood. Yeah. That ain't never been good, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You go up in there and and, and, and the toilet paper is, is, is running out all the time when you go up in there. So since we have no systems of our own that is creating a large amount of wealth at a short time, like 
our, our oppressor has for us, you're going to constantly be in competition because they're the only ones that's providing these resources. So then would would the logical result be that it won't be when we divorce them? It will be when they divorce us. Well, they're trying to divorce us. Well, no, but I'm saying because if, if there's no <laughs> if there's no light bulb that comes on to say, OK, this relationship is ending. I need to start looking for a new apartment. I need to start, you know, doing some things for life after this marriage. Yes. If none of that is hitting me, then the only alternative is, is that that person makes the decision for you. Yes. And you either come home to an empty house or yes. apartment or you come home to your shit on and, the curb. And, 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 that, and, that's so, where, and that's where we so pay that. So but but the, the, the thing about it, when you go back into the Asian portion, the Negro has learned the game. By the best master, because we've been in the game so long. Yeah, we've been the apprentice for so long. No, fun, no pun intended. Yeah. But because we choose to to live this this fake reality, because it's been pumped in our head to to treat everybody with love and and to embrace everybody, because we are a very embracing uh, uh, form of humans for others. Not too much with us ourselves, because we yeah. haven't been able to. We haven't been taught to love each other. Because how? How can you expect someone to love me more than myself when you've never taught me how to love myself? And then at the same particular time, how that do we get ourselves in these positions when black folk are looking for white politicians to figure out and work black problems? It doesn't make any sense. Like, how am I going to figure out a white person is going to figure out um, uh, black problems when they ain't never been any part of this black culture. Okay. So when you got a situation now that you're seemingly saying, okay, abusive relationship, don't know how to get out of it, um, been pumped with, you know, love thy enemy, turn the other cheek, docile. They're the only ones giving me opportunity. The opportunities I have over here are uh, are slim to none. It always channels that sense of insecurity. If we really say fuck what y'all doing and go solo going out on your own yeah. that's the scariest part and i believe that because the negro has so many inner issues that's why as we talked offline what's going on right now i'm advocating for all black people and i hope y'all hear me don't go to any of these damn fucking, yeah nothing um, there for you there's nothing there except jail time and ass with me. there's nothing now if you if, live if, after if, that if, day's if, over if, if there's a if, if there's something that is is um Potentially speaking truth to power to talk, but rumbling with these motherfuckers, it's it's what is the particular point? That is for the uh, uh, good white allies that feel compelled and we don't want hate and want to show that they got stripe. They want to show and get some stripes for them to go battle. For us, it's time for us to organize and build and say, here's what's going on. This is what we need to be doing because we don't got no time to be jumping in that rhetoric because we're not ready. We're not ready. We're not capable because, again, like you said, the fact that we still have not realized that there is an issue in this relationship, that we have to bail out of this relationship, leave our things and just go it will continue to be them slapping us in the face, continuing to blatantly disrespect us on every level like they had without any repercussions because we are truly in a sick relationship and brainwashed believing that one day they'll end up changing their mind and accept us. So if, if the thought process is, is that, you know, uh, the husband that gets drunk and beat your ass every night or hell, the woman that comes home, get drunk and beat your ass every night, is all of a sudden going to see the light and just not beat you anymore. That that type of thinking is where we're at now. Bro, bro so the only way it changes literally, seriously, like government has to change policies that damn dear constitution is going to have to be rewritten a few times because some of that rhetoric is still the white person is so entitled it benefits so much off of our oppression that no one has literally done anything to stop that and once you have that and once you're built off that from movies to history once that's been ingrained in you how, how how do you get away with that privilege? James Field Jr., uh, 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 Dylan Roof, these young dudes was 20 years old, and they did these heinous acts. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so here you have a situation to where 
they're not uh, these older guys. These are generations that are teaching them how to hate. I get it. So I, I'm saying if if that being true, is it then just needs to be the concession of if you're not white in America, you just need to understand where the ceiling is. Because it, 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 if, if you believe that the ceilings are equal. No, no, no. But if you believe no, that, uh, if you believe that the ceilings are equal, everything you do is moving to you. The only way you can get to the ceiling is together. If you recognize that there's going to be a, a discrepancy amongst floors in this 10 story building, you're not getting above the seventh floor. <laughs> if you recognize that, then it's like, well, let's just stay in the cut and do the best we can do amongst ourselves and make the seventh floor the most poppinous floor in the building. But if we keep thinking that we can get to the tenth, that's where we keep get coming up short and have all these problems. So is it a simple? Is it the point where black people just rally together, circle the wagons, and say, "Look, um, all that stuff that's advertised, it's never going to happen." No. So it, it, it's not about we may not be okay. Fine, we're not moving out, but we're sleeping in separate bedrooms. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? Like we're just gonna sit there and say we're just gonna fall back. We're just gonna quit, quit aiming for the ceiling. Quit, quit aiming for the top, for the penthouse for the top floor. We just gonna fall back because that because that's more the model of other groups. They're coming in like we just gonna build up the first floor, take over the first floor, get to the second floor, see what we can do on the second floor, six to third. We're the only ones that is trying to be supervised on the first day. Yeah. Figuring that we 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 work for the company longer than anybody. That we didn't put the time in, and we didn't seen every you know the last 472 supervisors all got promoted before us, and we keep thinking that there's a CEO spot for us. So I think if we're trying to get that divorce, um, is it just gonna take massive bloodshed? Is is that the only is that the only outcome? I mean, what else is it gonna be? I mean, when you have a president that. <laughs> You have a, I'll be, I'll be cracking up because I'll be thinking like, damn, Donald Trump just, of all the, the cool Negroes that took pictures with him, that vouched for him, that pretended that he was going to do something, for you have a president that comes out and puts no sense of urgency to what is going on, and first of all, doesn't um, denounce the behavior of what these white supremacists did. Justified and, it. I mean, you know, first time, first time he just pretty much just kind of was like nonchalant. Second time he nailed it because he was coached. He was told, hey, bro, read this speech. Get it right. We're getting nailed. Then third time he justified it and went right back to the first time and was pretty much basically saying there's two sides to every story yeah. that, you know, uh, 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 uh Guys were coming there for violence, and it wasn't uh, the white supremacists. It was the other ones. And to not have this good pulse and to not sit there and say to the people of America to say, you know what? I believe the blood of the shed in Charlottesville is on my hands because I have in certain times, unfortunately, had rhetoric that probably would create some of the atmosphere that we're dealing with in America. Okay. I've come up with a slogan that says, make America great again. I never thought how offensive that may be to other individuals. Here I am, Donald Trump saying, I denounced the violence and I'm sorry. Dude, do you know how much of a home run that would have been if he okay. came and said some shit like that? Okay, I get that on their side. So it, it, is the thing with us is that we just have to do, view them as irrelevant. If, if there's a dude who's in office or people who are sitting there saying, I recognize the pain that has been caused to you. I recognize them, the policies that have hurt you. I recognize how you've been treated. Uh, I feel for you. I mean, or if they just say, F y'all, like, get, get over it. Is the, is the move to just be whatever they feel is what they feel and just not care anymore? We have to really be on a, a reality of we got to do our own shit and keep it moving. And we got to be on our own so shit. Social, economic segregation. We have to be on our own shit and keep it moving, man. You just have to be. Because they're going to feel how they're going to feel regardless. It doesn't matter what we do. And we make it ten times worse by constantly begging to try to be in the systems that they've provided. 
because I think that these are type of things that need to be discussed. We don't come up with solutions for the world in, in 60 minutes, but there are definitely things that need to be addressed and shine some light on that we can look at the changes that we need to make for the change, be the changes that we want to see. Sometimes these relationships that we have become accustomed to are not healthy for us. Sometimes you can't make the other person feel your pain or, or understand your plight. Sometimes it takes a divorce. Uh, sometimes that maybe something happens and somebody has an understanding. But in any event, you got to do what's best for you. And, and a lot of these changes that we need to see socially are going to start with accepting what it really is, recognizing what the situation is. And most of that starts by saying something. Say something. Uh, this is I'm Jermaine Morris here with Barry Axius. Where can folks find you online, sir? Barry Axius Facebook, uh, Twitter, Barry Axius, Instagram, at Team Void, Black Blueprints with a Z, dot com. And check me out on the Radio 97.5 FM tomorrow. Good or whatever <laughs> it might be. Think, Wednesday, yeah, I'm going to be on there doing my thing. I think by the time they hear this, that will have already happened. But Yeah, yeah, it's going to be, but you know, we'll, well, maybe. we'll have a link for it. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, we'll have a link, link for it at the social media sites. I'm Jermaine Morris at Facebook, every other social media platform. It's at J. Morris CEO. This has been the Say Something Podcast, myself and Barry. Yes, sir. And until the next show, Yee. we'll holler at you later. <laughs>